do every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! That's everybody out there in uh, Radio Land. Within the sound of my voice, as they used to say. You know, it goes into outer space forever. Somewhere on some planet, someday, they're going to get Citizen Watch. I just don't know when. But you're getting it right now. That's right. You wonder what that feeling is. That's me. Coming to you every single Saturday. Three great shows, hopefully, if all the equipment works. We've had a little problem with the uh, microfono here, the carbon pile. Ah, there we are. Some of the oldies but goodies. Yeah, I need to make new equipment. Or new, uh, new, uh, <laughs> I do need to make new equipment. I need to make more money. I need a lot of things, but I know I, I need to make new music. Here we are Saturday morning, the 21st of November, the 9 o'clock show. The bonus half hour, as we call it. The big bonus is if you don't get enough from Citizen Watch every Saturday. And, of course, Monday through Friday, don't forget me on Merced County Morning News. You know, we've been doing that almost a year now. Can you believe it? Almost a year. So excited. I want to get done with this show because breakfast is coming up. The uh, Eggs Benedict, I hope they don't run over, run out of hollandaise sauce over there at Granny's. I think they buy that by the uh, 25-gallon tub. Boy, that stuff is good, good. No, I'm teasing. It's homemade. Homemade. Every batch homemade. You know that, don't you? Well, as you know, we've uh, been talking about in our last couple of shows the Purple Tear going back to Shawshank. That's right. Back to prison. Purple rain, purple rain, baby. It's uh, just the purple rain, the shutdown. You know, they want to build shelters. Our new mayor in Merced, well, will be the new mayor in Merced. What, a couple of more meetings they'll be uh, sworn at or sworn in. Matt Serrato, he on his Facebook page showed a picture of a city. I don't know where it was. It was quaint, kind of looked like a European village. And it had the structure, the lean-to, you know, that comes off of the main structure that makes a sidewalk cafe, an enclosed sidewalk a cafe. Very, very beautiful. The heaters, evidently you put heaters in there when it's cold like it does here in the winter. And he was asking the question in his post, what do you think? What Should we do this downtown? Should should we uh, do this downtown? I guess. I don't know. What do you mean should we do this downtown? We're building shelters for the homeless. Now we're going to build shelters for the business owners? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I think what we need to do is let the business owners open in the shelters they have now called their businesses. You know, the places they're renting for. Because who's going to, one, enclose all the sidewalks in this community? Not all businesses operate with a sidewalk right outside their door. They're not going to be able to necessarily use that business model nor afford it. And who's going to pay for it? I know it was a nice picture. But who's going to pay for it? I noticed there was some talk about the boosters. I love the boosters. I don't know where they get the embroidery done on their shirts. It kind of bunches up a little bit. But great, great business owners here in Merced uh, talking about helping out with heaters and things like that. How about how about just letting people do what they normally do, run businesses? How about just letting them open without all of these restrictions? And, of course, we've talked about that a lot, so let's... Let's move on off of that. If you want to have some fun, go online and look up the 
menu of the French laundry is just absolutely uh, unbelievable. Three-star Michelin restaurant. Most folks can't afford to go there. It starts at about $3.50 a pop uh, per person. That doesn't include wine, any of those things. You think Ruth Chris is expensive to eat at? You have no idea. And this wasn't even family members over there at the French Laundry, which is in Napa. Very, very nice place. Friend of mine, family friend, John Intardinato, who lives up in Napa, grows wine, tells me about this place, has told me about it prior uh, to all of this hullabaloo. And I was amazed uh, before what I knew about it. And to know now that the governor just has, I guess, a standing reservation there. Supposedly it takes a year and a half, two years to get in over there. But these lobbyists, these medical executives that he was meeting with, again, no problema, you know, do as I don't do, do as I say, uh, don't, don't, don't watch me, who's watching you, if you're watching me. Of course, now with the curfew, stay inside, you won't see anything, keep the shades drawn. It's just absolutely out of control, my friends. And now we have uh, incoming members saying, hey, maybe we should uh, build sidewalk shelters for all the businesses. No. No, I think if you can uh, operate inside a uh, tent, you can operate inside the building that you're renting, especially when we look at some of the things that happened at the Merced City Council meeting this past week with the proposed uh, Public Benefit Improvement District. Now, this is a another... I'm looking for my notes here. They're all over the studio. You can't believe what we do here. You cannot believe what we do here at uh, Radio Merced. Okay, here here it is. The scope of service. This is from Kristen Lau, Lowell, Inc., uh, Public Finance Solutions. Now, whenever you see public finance, that's taxes, folks, because you're the public, and if you're financing something, well, guess where they're getting it from? You. So this will, uh, these folks, scope of service, and I'm just reading through a couple of things here, will assist in creating a new P-bid tailored to the unique needs and real estate, dyna- real estate dynamics of downtown Merced. Now, what I found interesting in their proposal, if you read through a couple of pages, downtown Merced suddenly becomes uh, Roosevelt Row stakeholders. What? Well, obviously, this proposal is just a boilerplate of something they did for the city of Phoenix, which is another municipality that went through the PBID or the public benefit improvement district these folks these consultants that we've hired Kristen Lowell uh, they just go through different municipalities trying to foment support for these tax measures for business owners to tax themselves but you could at least have the courtesy of using the city of Merced instead of uh, going back to the previous uh, person that got this uh, proposal by you evidently the Roosevelt row stakeholders you go to page two. The consultant team will conduct a series of no less than four focus groups with selected Roosevelt Row stakeholders. Each focus group will contain participants. The focus group will aim to identify priorities for specific district services and the willingness of stakeholders to pay something to receive new services. Well, no kidding. Uh, they're going to assess the current dynamics of downtown Merced. Hey, at least they used the right city here economic, political, and planning environment, including significant marketing uh, market changes that have occurred and those that can be reasonably expected through the next five years. Well, after this year, I don't know what could be reasonably expected, especially when it comes to market changes and how we go forward. They, we, the consultant, will guide a strategically-led process that includes... Faci- I'm, again, I'm reading from the Phoenix... Excuse, is it ours? I don't know. It's Phoenix... 
somebody's proposal that includes facilitating stakeholder education and consensus building, developing a PBID management district plan, preparing for a property owner petition drive, managing a property owner petition campaign, and securing adoption of the PBID by the, oh, they did insert the right city here, Merced City Council. Some of the other things they're going to do is they're going to have an orientation site visit to become acquainted with, acquainted with the downtown area. During that visit, they're going to meet with influential property and business owners, not the, not the ones that aren't influential, just the influential ones, civic leaders and city officials. Again, I believe this is in the city of Merced, not Phoenix, which this proposal was drafted uh, off of. And then they're going to have a process which will be convened with the PBID steering committee. Now, the people on the committee will obviously probably be pro-PBID because they're on a steering committee. And when you want to steer something, you usually want it to go in the right direction. And that would mean uh, to tax themselves. Now, currently, the way downtown taxes themselves is a a business license fee, a, a, a business license that you have to get if you're a business in the city of Merced. And within the confines of the downtown district, which is G to V, 16th to 18th, basically, you pay double the taxation rate. This is basically a parcel tax. This is going on the property owners uh, as opposed to the people actually running the businesses. Now, it doesn't take a rocket science and a rocket scientist and MCOE graduate like myself to realize that that will probably be uh, passed along to the business owners. So if they go from taxing the people that are in business to the people that own the property, well, that would really put an incentive on those folks to have rent uh, tenants. Because if they don't have any tenants and they're paying a fee for what, I don't know. Well, how does that work out? So really an emphasis to rent your building to be able to pay for this additional benefit improvement district. And what are the benefits over what you get now? Well, Frank Quintero at the meeting Monday night talked about the improvement district being something that would offer a service over and above what they're doing now, uh, used to enhance an existing service or add a new service. So that could be added security, uh, what are you going to do? Move things from a misdemeanor to a felony when they take everything out of your business because we're not enforcing laws? I don't know really what he meant uh, as far as enhancing new services that we're not already getting. I mean, there's law enforcement. You pick up the trash. Uh, they pressure wash the streets once in a while. I know they were doing that uh, with the downtown uh, district with the double taxation. Maybe that's what they're talking about. I don't know. But, but more so than what you're getting now, you business owners downtown, I know it's how how happy most business owners are downtown now with the level of service they get, uh, the level of promotion, that sort of thing uh, for, for their uh, districts. There was a law in 1994 that allowed folks to self-assess themselves, basically tax themselves. And this was something that kind of got around the Prop 13 uh, laws. As you know, there's been a lot of attacks under Prop uh, of Prop 13 to try to get more revenue from private property, from real estate. This last election, as you know, Prop 15 was, thank God, voted down, where they were going to reevaluate commercial property, which most property in downtown Merced in the commercial district is commercial property and would have seen a tax increase anyway. 
And those taxes would have gone to pay for Sacramento and some of the other folks that need more money. So they say, well, this property benefit improvement district, that's another way to generate funds to take care of services that would normally be paid for by property taxes. So the way they get around it is they have to come up with new ways to spend your money to really get the money that they wanted in the first place, but they can't spend it on what they really want to or what they really should be spending it on. So they have to say they're spending it on something new. And then you have to ask yourself, well, do we ever get anything? Remember a few years ago when you got that beautiful glossy magazine every uh, every week downtown, made a great coaster. The paper had so much wax on it, it wouldn't when it uh, retained water, what was it called? The D, the DN, uh, the downtown, the the neighborhood. Uh, you know, it had it had one taco shop pre- predominantly featured uh, in the magazine. I think it covered maybe a half a square block of downtown. I don't think folks really felt they were getting their bang for their buck uh, for that. But now, what are we going to do? Are we going to do the same thing with this property-based improvement district? So again, a lot of talk. They've already hired the consultant. For eighty some thousand dollars out of Roseville, again I can see where they've used a, uh, a boilerplate or a previous uh, previous proposal to the Roosevelt Rose stakeholders. I'm doing some research on the internet, that's a a group out of Phoenix that was successful using this same group uh, to uh, prepare a property-based improvement district. So hopefully there'll be a little bit more on the ball than their proposal indicates. Evidently, they were the most impressive to some of the uh, downtown stakeholders. Again, some of the folks I've talked to that own buildings down there, they're tired of being taxed. I don't know how much more they can take, but I guess we'll find out. As you know, at the city council meeting, oh, just a uh, observation, I noticed that John Tresseter, the assistant city clerk, was back. He walked in front of the camera. I thought Steve Kerrigan was making an appearance there. They look a little similar, but John wears glasses all the time, I believe. I don't remember if Kerrigan wore glasses all the time, but John Tresseter's back. I believe he was up in Manteca. As you know, Jennifer Levesque was taking over the city clerk, uh, assistant city clerk. The, the true city clerk is the city manager. And as you know, Monday night, Stephanie Dietz was appointed to the permanent city manager position for the city of Merced after a long uh, process of vetting many, many candidates. She rose to the top from the interim city manager position. Evidently brought back John Tresseter. He was over there in Manteca, I believe, for a while. City clerk there commuting. So I'm sure, uh, I believe he was commuting. I don't know if he moved. But glad to see him back. I hope Jennifer's okay with that. Uh, She was there Monday night also. So it was uh, like old times back there at the city council. And again, uh, Stephanie Deeds, that's one of the first things they did right out of the Right out of the chute, they announced out of closed session that they had appointed her the permanent position, a three-year term, $215,000, $216,000 a year, well worth it. Again, love to see folks come from within. One of the sad things, uh, just going to, kind of going out of order here because I can tell I'm going to run out of time, is we're losing Billy Alcorn. He's our fire chief currently. He's going to the city of Fresno. There was a nice article in the local paper, the Merced Sunstar, this week about Billy his commitment to the city, and again, it was a very tough decision for him to make. And one of the things that came up in the city council meetings a little later on, I don't know if we'll get to it, was the compensation study, the total compensation study for the city. And it's basically what we're paying our employees compared to other municipalities for other job, other classifications, that sort of thing. We're very close, but we're still uh, behind uh, what we pay our folks compared to what other folks 
pay their folks. And when it comes to public safety, fire in uh, specifically, much lower, double digits lower than what other towns, other cities of similar size are paying their folks. And it really reflects in upper management and the attrition that happens in upper management from our ranks, people leaving, people going to other departments. I don't know if Chief Alcorn leaving the city of Merced going to Fresno as an assistant chief had anything to do with that. I don't want to go into the salary schedule and confirm my suspicions, but after hearing some of the comments that were brought up during the compensation study, I would I would question that. And this is where really keeping folks here, keeping them happy, is to me uh, very, uh, very important. If, if we're going to take care of our people, uh, they take care of us. They have to take care of their family. They have to look out for themselves. And I think we should be looking out for them, especially when it comes to the priorities of government in public safety and uh fomenting economic development, a conducive environment for economic development, roads, streets, that sort of thing. So public safety is very, very important, and, it, and I hope that Billy Alcorn's leaving had nothing to do with a lack of pay, but was more of an opportunity for his own career uh, development. And I, I would like to think that someday he would come back to the city of Merced. Anyway, Stephanie Dietz, uh, one person that is remaining at the city of Merced, at least for three years, again, she got the contract for permanent city manager. One of the things she'll be responsible for as city manager, along with the city council approving her decision, would be the city fire chief, a new fire chief to replace Billy, and also a new police chief, which we've been looking for for some time since Mr. Goodwin decided to retire after just a year or so in the saddle as the permanent police chief, what was what we hoped to be permanent. But again, I understand he wanted to move on before we made the offer, and I don't think his heart was ever really in, in it. Chris was a nice guy, a uh, good chief while we had him, but uh, I'll tell you, we need to find a permanent chief. Not to say that uh, Cavallero isn't doing a, a job, but it's nice to have that permanency so the uh, troops know who to follow, what's going on, kind of a leadership ability. And again, Stephanie will be very instrumental in that. We go to the public comments. Dr. Simi Azadi, I've played her comments in a previous uh, episode talking about the plight of the children, the health, the emotional well-being of the children, needing to open the schools, being an advocate for the children. She believes all children should have an in-person education. Uh, really sad to think that some people, some children can't be located. And that, that as a CASA advocate, I can tell you that is unconscionable. Uh, you hear about children getting dropped through the cracks. Uh, talked about caregivers not being able to do it, not having the skills, not being able to take care of the kids in their charge. And we know that happens. We know that parents struggle. And this pandemic, these restrictions, the stay-at-home has only hurt that. Total number of visits have doubled to the ER, and again, she's a pediatrician, so a very moving testimony, and that's why I played it. Uh, somebody came up, started talking about uh, starting a Citizens Police Advisory Committee, uh, developing a, a relationship with the police department. I remember now, this person was actually on the Police Advisory Committee that Mayor Murphy had set up not that long ago. Uh, she wanted to come out and uh, come up and say that she was not necessarily pleased at the final report, but understood the final report and hoped that that would be a launching point 
to begin an engagement with the youth, uh, uh, the community and the issues, topics uh, with the community that need to be discussed in her mind. I know that a police review board, a citizens uh, review board, an advisory committee, you really need to tread carefully in this area. You don't want to be telling the police what to do. Again, we have a order of things the way things go. There are internal controls within the police department, uh, internal affairs, that sort of thing. They have ways to do discipline. Some folks are never going to be happy, but hey, what do we do? We go to the consent calendar now. We're moving We're moving along now, aren't we? Uh, the consent calendar, street art was one of the things that was pulled by one of the council members, Tony the Tiger Martinez, uh, outgoing council member. Boy, I tell you, just... Uh, it'll be over soon. Uh, he wanted to just make the point that, well, it doesn't look like there's going to be any street art. And uh, it was confirmed by our new city manager. No, per the direction of the entire council, no street art. We're not going to be dumping paint on the street for any uh, purpose, let alone some of the more recent requests. There is a public art component uh, in the um, in the uh, new uh, street art or excuse me, in the new art, uh, public art ordinance, if you will, guidelines. Uh, so there is, a, there is a way for people to do public art uh, to get their, uh, their opinions expressed. Scott McBride started getting the, uh, giving the consolidated action plan for HUD. This is the money that goes out uh, to the different nonprofits for various different things. Also, how we do some of our affordable housing, the direction we're going to take for the next five years. Again, there's been a lot of discussion. This is something that should have been approved months ago. Because of the COVID, it was felt that the outreach wasn't uh, significant. Some of the local uh, rabble-rousers, the community organizers, they wanted more participation. They were given it. They're still not happy. They want this in inclusionary zoning language to be uh, part of the uh, marching orders going forward for developers. Again, you cannot legislate this stuff. It's just like trying to build uh, shopping centers over on the west side. You can ask, you can be nice, but you can't You can't make them do it. They want to have some more teeth into this affordable housing, low-income housing. I don't know what the name of it is now. It really depends on how much money you have. One person's affordable house is a, another person's unaffordable house, and this inclusionary zoning would try to kind of spread around this uh, around uh, around the area, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's really going to pass. Uh, Anthony Martinez again. He wanted uh, more language in there where this was uh, done a little quicker. It was pretty much turned down by the council. Uh, they they went a, went ahead and approved it anyway. A lot of other groups are waiting on the money that was part of this HUD, part of this report, and that I think was lost on Mr. Martinez. Again, it's not all about just making things right with. You know, not everybody's going to be happy. The good is sometimes the enemy of the great, and I think that was what was happening in this situation. So luckily they passed the issue. I believe Anthony voted for that one reluctantly, uh, but again, he's not going to be on the council that much longer. The total compensation study came up next. They talked a little bit about that. Again, some of the uh, union folks came up, some of the bargaining uh, units came up and were a little, uh, you know, they were they, they were embarrassed. You know, I was like, hey, you know, we hate to ask for more money, but as you can see, we're getting paid less than some of our counterparts. And that, that was the whole issue in retention. And when it comes to retention, hey, I get your point. I get your point. Take care of your own before you start looking at some of these other pie-in-the-sky, sub, uh, you know, projects building uh, 
I don't know, building shelters for the business owners. I, I think we just need to let the business owners do what they do best. Let firefighters do what they do best. Let police officers do what they do best. It's good to hear that Vern is uh, Sheriff Warnke, excuse me, is not going to be enforcing the curfew or some of the other draconian measures put down by our governor. Very, very good to hear that. Anyway, listen, we're out of time for this segment, the bonus half hour of Citizen Watch. So happy that you've uh, been able to join us here on this Saturday morning. If you miss any of the shows, hey, go to 1480kyos.com, the website. They're all right there. But I'm out of here. Uh, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Mercedes News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you next week. Why don't you ride